When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Welcome in, uh, welcome in to running it straight for your Wednesday afternoon State of Origin game three tonight at Suncorp. How good. Sam Hewitt sitting in alongside uh, Tony Kemp. Kempy, um, how are the excitement levels ahead of the season? Oh, mate. I I tell you what, it probably hasn't been a bigger game for uh, a long time with what's happened with Cameron Munster being out. I told Lagi being out, you know, they have to bring players in. Billy Slater, just shut shut up shop. Yeah, man, the, the drama, the theatre. Origin tonight, it's going to be a late one. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, hope be I, I hope I wake up for the morning show in the morning. And you're getting the brownie points early after this, aren't you? It <laughs> <laughs> allows you to stay up tonight. Um, as we do, every Wednesday, we talk rugby league for a whole hour up until four o'clock. Uh, plenty coming coming up on the show. All you got to do to get involved is text her on double eight double three or jump on the blower, 0800 150 811. We do a segment after 3.30 called Six Again. Your questions uh, for Kempe. It can be on State of Origin, can be on the Warriors, can be on the NRL, can be on Rugby League in general. But we love to get your questions through. So double eight double three. Um, if you want to ask Kempe something. Um, we've got a very special guest on the show today, Billy Moore, former Queensland second Queensland. roller. Queensland! Oh. the dressing room. If you haven't watched that video, go and look at that. Um, interrupting the uh, the TV broadcast, Billy Moore screaming in the uh, in the tunnel. It's fantastic. So he's going to join us uh, in around about 10 minutes' time. We'll go through uh, round 17, just gone over the weekend. We'll look ahead to round 18. Finally, we've got uh, all teams back in action this weekend. So we've done with the buy rounds. Um, so they're all ready to go. Um, we will get Kempe's call very shortly. And we will also do inside the 10. And today, Kempe, we're going to ask you um, how much coaching goes on at the representative level when you're talking state of origin internationals because, you know, they, they, all these guys are getting coached by their clubs every single week and then all of a sudden they come together for a 10-day for a camp. How much coaching actually does go on? So we're going to ask Kempe um, for his expert opinion on that uh, to finish up the show. But we will begin, as we always do, with Kempe's call. Kempe's call. So the Reese Walsh saga seems to have more tentacles than Paul the Octopus. Remember him? 2010 <laughs> FIFA World Cup. Man, he could predict things. The most recent divination has the Warriors been accused of playing God with Reese Walsh's contract by telling him he, who, he can, uh, who he can and can't negotiate with all because of a falling out with the club and its old recruitment manager, Peter O'Sullivan. Whilst the Broncos secured the services of Reese Lightning for 350k, apparently the Dolphins and O'Sullivan apparently were ready to table an offer worth double that amount, but were refused the opportunity to. So here's the thing. Since when can a club who release a player on compassionate grounds then say who they can sign with and advertently determine for how much? Now, given that it's not an ideal situation losing your most potent attacking weapon as a professional organisation, you shouldn't then throw your toys out of the 
cop because of a grudge with a former employee and stop Reese from earning as much as he can. This sport is tough enough as a player and this posturing between grown men who want to get one, o- one over the other is immature. We may, we may not be happy with Reese's decision to leave the club, but that should not mean that only allowing the kid to sign a 350k contract when he was offered twice the amount from a rival is not on. This could have all been diverted if you'd done your homework in the first place before hiring O'Sullivan. Why does Reese have to pay for your mistake? That was Kempe's call. Oof, nice and fiery, Kempe. And um, look, the question I wanted to know as well is, and I wish someone had asked Cameron George this, um, just a, just the first question, Cameron George, um, are you paying Reese Walsh out on, his, on the final year of his contract next year? And he'd say no to that. And then we'd say, well, how come you pay out Matt Lodge but you don't pay out Reese Walsh? Yeah, well... Because look, we never got an explanation as to why they paid out well, that. Yeah, what, but you Reece don't Walsh. get an explanation. You're getting you're getting a um, round and round the mulberry bush. Remember that? Round yeah. and round the mulberry <laughs> bush. And you get that, and it's just the transparency that's not there is really confusing with the club. This one here and the bad blood between grown men, you can it's a, it's an issue that I've seen for years. If you if you're not towing the party line, you are you're obviously not that person um that they want to talk to, but in this case, this should have been diverted right back when they hired him. Mm. Now, I'm pretty sure Cam George hired Peter O'Sullivan. At the time, everyone in rugby league knew that Peter O'Sullivan came with a lot of baggage, mm. um, and the reason why he wasn't signed at any Sydney club. So, you know, along came Peter O'Sullivan, along came Isaac Moses, along came all the players, including the coaching staff, and I think the Warriors have got caught in a residue situation where they're still paying for it. But you shouldn't hold a grudge. Mm. You know what I mean? Reese Walsh, the kid's hard enough. Look, all the bad decisions that the kid's made, whether he comes or goes, whether he stays, everyone's got an opinion, including me, about that. But the game's tough enough. You know, if that kid in a short period of time, 10 years, and let's say in four years, he, he was apparently offered a four-year contract for, for 700 grand with the Dolphins, he's missing out on a million plus mm. over those four years that he can never, ever get back. And I just think that's wrong when you're being told what you can and can't do. The, pro- the problem for me on this one, and I said this um, to a friend when I was reading it this afternoon, is that where was the manager? Like, do your job. Like, your job is to look after Reese Walsh. First and foremost, forget about getting into, into fights with the, the CEO and the former recruitment manager. Your job is to look after that kid. Reese, if he's listening, sack your manager. Mm. Get a new one. What about the um, the question that was put to Cam George in the press conference about Andrew Webster? And I thought it was probably fair that Cam George wouldn't answer those questions given the press conference was about Andrew Webster. But the question was asked, um, how do you feel about Reese Walsh posing in Broncos gear um, all over social media? Um, he does a photo shoot with him and everything like that, despite saying that he's still going to play for the Warriors this year and he's going to be at Mount Smart, etc. Is that a little bit disingenuous, well, do you it think? Is it, or? it is it for your sponsor. Yeah. You know well, they're I mean? using him in all the marketing. They're so using him in all the... That's the, the problem. You know. So you've got all these marketing pictures that are going up around with Reese and a Warriors jersey, and then all of a sudden he pops up on his own social media in a Broncos jersey. Now, if I was Vodafone or I was, you know, whoever the car sponsor was, and I saw that, and Reese Walsh is in a, in a car-sponsored shirt or a major sponsor for another club midway through a season, mm. ooh, man, that's a really tough dis- uh, discussion with the CEO. Mm. So, you know, they again... Thinking it out, making making sure that you've got a plan. Um, you, 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 you can talk to clubs and say you can't sign them, and these are these are the reasons why. You should have said to Reese, "Well, if you're going to sign this, this is what you can and can't do because it's going to put the club in disrepute." 
Give us your thoughts on double eight, double three, and questions as well. We've got a couple coming through. Um, we will answer them after three thirty. So double eight, double three on that. Um, Kempi, we are going to get to Billy Moore very shortly, but let's quickly um, just go through our round rewind for round seventeen. Round rewind. So the first game on the Thursday was the Sharks and the Storm, which was. Gosh, a big surprise. Um, the Sharks just absolutely running away with it in the first half. Ended up 28 points to six. And the big talking point, of course, is Brandon Smith's um, send-off and his subsequent uh, suspension. But uh, 28-6 to the Sharkies. That's oh, it. That's it a big result. Did it, did it easy. Two in a the row. They've lost. They, they reckon Melbourne hasn't been in this uh, position for quite a while. But the Sharks were running a, a great, um, I guess, a great game plan. Ramian scoring three tries. And, yeah, Brandon Smith, like... Things just go from bad to worse for Brandon mm. whenever he whenever he opens his, his his mouth. You know, he's now he's calling the referees cheats. I reckon if he doesn't pull his head and Bell- Bellamy will bench him. Well, the hard thing is we love Brandon Smith for being that sort of character, but at the same time, it does get him into a little bit of trouble. I hope that he doesn't just go back into a shell and you know becomes one of those vanilla rugby league players that we're so used to seeing. Um, the Friday night game was the Rabbits and the Knights, and it was high scoring, forty points to twenty eight in the end. Um, the Knights with a few quick tries after half time but we said last week uh, Kempe the Rabbits with Latrell Mitchell they're a different team they are and they're looking good Cody Walker's back you know he's got his mate at the back there taking a lot of pressure off him in and around that that um, that play the ball area where he gets the ball and the Knights have some bad blood there Clem again sent off right on full time you know they just they can't seem to buy one at the moment mm. the Knights and like, this, like we said, they'll do it tough for the for the rest of the year. Oh man, I thought they started they started so well. Obviously, beating the Roosters in round one, and and sort of thought, hey, maybe this night. And I think even you see, you know, this know. night's team, this could be, you know, this I could say be that every year <laughs> with my old team. Yeah, they're like the I Warriors. Pick my nose. Uh, the Saturday game, I guess, a surprising scoreline. Everyone thought the Eels were going to beat the West Tigers, but a surprising scoreline of twenty eight points to twenty. It was at Mike Hart Oval. Um, the Tigers scoring two tries in the last ten minutes that might have flattered it a little bit, but. Uh, just, I don't know where to put the Eels, Kempi, because you know they're so up and down. Like, sure they can beat the the last place Tigers, but then they just can't beat anyone above them. Yeah, now I hope they lose this weekend. Um, it's a it's a tough one. The West Tigers sitting on the bottom for a reason. They just can't seem to get it together. They make some changes this week. Hopefully they're up against a Penrith. Week in Penrith side, they go a hell of a lot better. But the Eels, you're dead right. If you're an Eels fan, I mean, it's more it's just like a roller coaster with being like the Warriors. You know what I mean? You don't know what you're getting week in week out. At least they're in the top eight though. That's uh, that's the bonus for them. And then uh, finally the Sunday game because it was a shortened round with the buys. Uh, the Broncos and the Dragons. The Broncos who we thought were going to get the job done. Thirty two points to eighteen. Pretty convincing. Good to have Adam Reynolds back in the side and. Uh, they're just much better with them in there. Yeah, he's a key, isn't he? Like, he's a key. If they got their full team out there, they, they run uh, Reynolds and Tamari Martin from the back, then they're, they're a different looking side. But Adam Reynolds, his kicking game is, I reckon, close to the best in the competition. Mm, absolutely. Um, there you go. There's your round rewind for round 17. We'll go through the round 18 games um, later on in the hour. But we're going to catch up with Billy Moore, former Queensland second row to talk state of origin. Game three tonight at Suncorp. We'll, uh, we'll chat with Billy after this. Hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Talking rugby league and we're talking state of origin game three tonight at Suncorp. The decider people. And boy, we're fizzed up here in the studio, Sam Hewitt, alongside Tony Kemp. And it is a pleasure to welcome into the program now former Queensland second rower. The man who yelled it in the dugout. It's Billy Moore. Welcome in, Billy. Hello, boys. Thanks Billy, for having me on. Billy, mate, um, I read that you were born in New South Wales, mate. Is there a part of you that bleeds blue? 
Uh, I come from the most southern town in Queensland, a little place called Wollongarra, 300 people. There's no hospital in Wollongarra, so my mum assures me I was conceived in Queensland, born in Tennessee, New South but she brought me back across the border before I took a breath. Oh, hey, Billy, it's Kempy, mate. Nice to have you on the show. And as you know, down here in, in New Zealand, mate, everyone's looking forward to this game uh, tonight, yeah. game three. It's a big one. Hey, look, you've been a part of a Queensland side that's been written off. Mate, what, what, what do you think the Queensland boys are going through at the moment? And me watching it, I know they'll be up for it. What's your thoughts? Mate, pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Um, look, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I, I played in the 1995 um, Fatty's Nettles team that um, we had nine rookies. We weren't able to pick players aligned with Super League, so we couldn't pick Broncos, Canberra and Canary players. So we couldn't pick Alan Langer, Steve Wallace, Kevin Wallace, Steve Renoff. The list goes on. We threw in nine rookies. We only had one Australian player that was Darrell Shearer, and he hadn't played for Australia for five years, I think, at that stage. So um, his best was past him, we all thought. But um, we knew he'd lift for the job. Twelve Australian players played for New South Wales in that series that went on the previous year's Kangaroo Tour. Some of their greats, Freddie Filler, Andrew John, Paul Harrigan, the list goes on. We won the series 3-0. Um, and at no stage did any of our mind that we were not going to win, that we had an inferior team and that will make up the numbers. And I just think, mate, when you're in the hotel room right now, it's uh, what is it, about... Uh, you know, two, about two, so one thirty here in Queensland. The players were having a little bit of a quiet moment. They all know that um, they've got a job to do. They're wearing the maroon in a decided Suncorp. There's nothing. There's no bigger game in rugby league. There's no prouder moment for a Queenslander. And uh, whatever job they're asked to do, I know they'll do it. And back to the wall, supposedly under strength. New South Wales can't get beaten. Can be that's not like a recipe for a Queensland ambush. <laughs> What, what's it about um, some court, Billy? I mean, for a lot of Kiwis here, you know, we, we, we most of us have never been there, um, but those that have been there as fans. But as a, from a playing point of view, what is it about Suncorp that gives Queensland just that extra lift? Well, 54,500 will be in the, in the house. It's just a magnificent stadium with, and the noise reverberates around. Um, well, I've been to the, the three games, this, uh, the, so the other two games in this series, and, and 81,000 packed into Sydney and it's loud. But nothing can match the noise that comes out of Suncorp. And the difference when you play there to anywhere else for a Queensland, and they know there's a difference. New South Wales in game one, they were screaming at the top of their lungs until Queensland scored two quick tries, and then they went dead quiet. Mm. Not a word was said. Queensland fans will not stop. They'll start 10 minutes before the game, they'll scream out their lovely call, Queenslander, and they won't stop no matter what happens, they will continue to scream, continue to try and lift, continue to try and influence the Queensland players. And the, the players, they, they can feel it, they can hear it. And I'm sure, Kim, you've been engaged where you can hear the crowd, but there's nothing sweeter to a Queenslander uh, than that ground. And I always remember when I made my debut, just turned 21 in 1992, game two, and it happened to be at the old Lang Park, we call it then. I, I remember running out into the field and... I almost had tears in my eyes. And the thing was, you didn't feel like you were in it. You almost floated because of the energy and the noise they made give you that sort of lift. So that's going to be special tonight for the players, but um, they come up against a very good New South Wales team. And if we allow them to play the way they want to play, we will get ourselves in some trouble. So that's why, as you know, when you, you play uh, against an opponent, the, 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 one of the key philosophies is you unsettle your opponent and make them play the way that they want to play. 
And that's what we didn't do in the second half of game two. We did in game one, we did in the first half of game two. We've got to make sure for the whole 80 minutes we unsettle them so they can't lean on the strength they possess. And that's the fact that they players that played for Penrith for a decade together as young gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. And that's the, that's the key to stopping them, eh, Billy? You stop that spine of Penrith, um, Curacao, mm. Curacao, Luai and that man, uh, Cleary, then you go a long way to winning the game. Hey, I was an Aussie in 95. I remember that, I remember that series so well. Gilly, yeah. Gilly came out of hospital, didn't he? And this is what I'm saying to people down here. Like, I was in Queensland. I was playing at Lang Park at the time when Gilly rolled out of that hospital bed in the third, in the third origin. You actually had it won, I think. And I just thought, man, is this how much this game means to these guys? And and you guys won out, like you said, won out three um, 0 with your baby, baby Maroons, and that's what happens in it. It's like a it's like a super suit, you know, like a Superman suit. When you guys put that maroon jersey on, they just go to another level. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, there's a photo, one of my favourite photos of my career at the end of the game. Gary Larson and I chair Gilly, so that's the back row of that Queensland side that won three 0 Gilly had lost five kilos. He got blood poisoning, was really sick, and he was advised by the doctors and the, uh, the coach. And everyone said, look, you probably shouldn't play because this could um, could get very ugly for you because of the blood infection and it could spread through his body. And he at no stage thought he wasn't going to play. And he, he pulled himself out of hospital, played the game. We chained him around the field, put him back on the ground. He went back in the ambulance, back to hospital for a couple of days. Um, that baby team did amazing things. But I suppose was the way to sum that team up. Two players I want to I always want to highlight. Of those nine rookies, seven were able to play for Australia. Two blokes called um, Craig Teven and Terry Cook. Basically, got picked fringe first graders. They're playing for the Crushers, the right. Queensland Crushers, and they were fringe first graders in all due respect. And they're good, they're good mates of mine. They only ever played one series, and that was those three games. Terry Cook nearly got player of the series. Craig Teven, when he came on, made a difference in every game. These were our, you know, blokes that just made first grade. Got a crack at origin against 12 Australian players in the rival side and played out of their skin. They are what personifies origin. Yeah, and the next I, man on the wall. And I remember that, you know, because I played with Teves and Cookie, and Cookie, mate, was un- unassuming as a player, but, geez, he could play. Mm. You know, when he and, and that series made him. And, and that's what I'm saying about tonight. You know, I know you've lost um, Cam Munster, who's arguably the best player in origin at the moment. But you give a kid a jersey, and it looks like hopefully they give it to the young boy from uh, the Broncos dead and tonight to go out there and he gets a shot. You just know he ain't going to let you down because of their history. Is that how you guys are feeling? Is he, I know that yeah. New South Wales will be full of confidence. They are at the TAB over here. Um, you know, geez, they're real short favourites. But is that how Queenslanders are feeling at the moment? They don't really care who falls in for Munster? Yeah, because, because we said it before, we don't disrespect the job at hand and the enormity of the occasion and the fact that we're up against a very good team. We respect that. But we know that whoever gets that, that number six jersey, and I think it will be Dean. Uh, they're not going to name the side till an hour before, which that sort of smells like that he, he's going to be given the chance without the, the pressure two or three days in advance and rather have to face questions at press conferences. Not keep it a little bit uh, behind closed doors, but given the job, I know he'll lift. And when you think to this Queensland side, they've lost Cameron Munster. I suppose there's no, there's no point us talking about what we don't have. We talk about what we do have. A team that's got Harry Grant, Carlin Ponga, Daly Jerry Evans... And Ben Hunt, there's enough creative X factor in that side to do what you need to have happen. The key ingredient will be for mine 
is our middles must win that battle. We must match New South Wales. And I reckon we can get these middles. I don't reckon their middles are as good as they were. There's a couple of players in there that are injured and no pain half. So I just think we can, we can, if we win that middle battle, we'll give this thing a great shake. But I reckon the games will be won and lost, even a more final point, will be when we kick downfield, tackle one, tackle two. Their back three were enormous in Perth. They ran for 750 metres. If we allow them to do that again, we're going to be in trouble because all of a sudden that sets their centre six up, makes their forwards job very easy, then all of a sudden we can't put pressure on that Penrith spine that you just alluded to. So we've got to win tackle one, tackle two. We've got to build them off the park. And if you remember, two years ago, 2020, the worst team in origin history, one game three decider here at this house. Exactly the same. It smells can be exactly the same for me that there's an ambush on the way um, but to achieve the ambush, we've got to make sure we do all those little things, all those little one percent is right. Yeah. Hey, Billy, just one more question for me here. On you know the old days, you'd be sitting there. I know what you'd like. You're going right. I'm going to lay one on. Um, I reckon it'd be Isaiah Yell. That's what you'd be thinking. What do you, What do you think that middle and who is the key for them tonight for New South Wales that you need to stop? Well, that's a ripping question. Look. Um, it's probably the the guy you you mentioned, Azoyah. He's been instrumental. He's been very very good wingman for for those halves. Um, but probably well, that one to me in the the most apparent. I'd like us to rip into Jake Tavoyevich because I, I think uh, while he's not the biggest man on the field in game two, he was outstanding. He was brought back to do a job, and he was allowed to do that job. We've got to really rough him up and, and put him on his back and slow him down and almost give him a bit of his own medicine to unsettle him a little bit because I reckon he'll, um, he flies up a bit, though, of Jakey's, because he gets a little bit older. Uh, I would like us to, you know, to basically cut the head off their snake. And without paying half, I see Trevojevic has, has basically been the leader of that pack. So why go any further than the head of the snake? Let's get stuck into him and, and basically roll him up a little bit, unsettle him. Um, and that would be a good starting point, especially after we get stuck into To'o and Tupu bringing the ball back on the kick returns. Mm, it's going to be a very, very tasty encounter this evening, Billy. I uh, really appreciate you coming on uh, on the program and uh, hope for your sake Queensland get up tonight and uh, maybe the hospital and, uh, and Tenterfield tomorrow morning has to change the uh, the colour of the doors. Uh, but thanks each for coming on the show, mate. Appreciate it. Here's one for you, Billy. Queenslander! That's brilliant. But the one thing I love about Kiwis, you're all maroon at heart. Queensland! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, Billy Moore. They're joining us out of Australia. State of Origin Game 3 tonight from Suncorp. We've got live commentary here on SEN after the netball. Um, so tune into that if you want to hear State of Origin live on the radio. Let's get some news, uh, and then we'll come back with your questions. Kempi, which is uh, Suncorp Stadium. Is it the same as the old Lang Park, or is it built in a different place? No. Sorry, Sam. No, it's built in the same place. Yeah, they just they used to have. If you remember the old Lang Park, they had the big grandstand there, and they had a couple of grassy hills. Mm. Um, it was fantastic to play at. I played there for the Crushers, um, Teves, and that that uh, Billy Moore was just saying, Gilly. Uh, we all played for the Crushers at the time. That was our home ground. And then what they did was they basically built over the top of it and put closed it all in. So it's exactly the same spot. Did you have you been to Suncorp, the new? Suncorp? If you ever go to an Origin, I yeah. tell people this all the time. I've been Origin um, to both and a Grand Final. Uh, if you ever want to go to a big game, go to an Origin in Queensland. Okay. 
Yeah, it is something different. You yeah. go to the Caxton pub, you watch the bus go past, you walk down through it, and the Queenslanders are so different to the New South Wales supporters. Yeah, and the sound that, um, that Billy was talking about. Billy's exactly right. They're yeah. crazy. Yeah, you okay. Know? Let's go to tackle two. Hell! Tackle one! Well, tackle two. Um, uh, come on, this is actually, I'm going to lump a few of these together for Reese Walsh, Kempe. Come on, Kempe, it's not up to the Warriors to determine what Walsh gets offered from the Broncos. The Warriors said he can negotiate with the Broncos. They could have offered him 700 but they offered him 350 <laughs> Nothing to do with the Warriors, what he gets paid elsewhere. Well, I'll answer that in, in two parts. Nothing to do with the Warriors. Well, it has everything to do with the Warriors because he couldn't negotiate with anyone except the Broncos. And the second thing is, if you're the only one in the race, why would you offer more than 350 grand? Yeah. You've got nothing to compete against. Mm. And as a player and as a manager, that's the worst situation you can be in because you've got nothing else to take. Mm. So when there's $700,000 on the table and you can't touch it, and this is to the texter, you get a $100 bill and there's a $50 bill. One's on your left side and one's on the right side. They're both yours, but you're not allowed to take the 100. You have to take the 50. What are you going to do? Yeah. You'll be pretty upset. Yeah, okay, let's go tackle three. Tackle three! Now, this is actually related. It says, Warriors need to be careful. This is from Sam, not me. Warriors need to be careful on playing games with other clubs and not offering them players because of bad blood, especially the Dolphins with such a big base of juniors. We already struggle to get players out of... Uh, to get players from Australia, the last thing we need is one of their larger clubs, they will be in a few years, not dealing with us. It was a stupid decision. If Walsh didn't want to go to the Dolphins, he would have declined their offer anyway. Well, that's right. And that, that's a really, from Sam, that's a really good um, text. The, the problem that the Warriors have is bringing talent to New Zealand. You know what I mean? And if you look at the Kiwi team this year, it's the first time we haven't had a player in the in the playing Kiwi side for, mm. I, I reckon, since they came in in 95. You mean the Warriors? Uh, and that says we've got a development issue in this country. And on top of that, when you get team players coming back, because they've been over there for two, nearly three years, most of those players are from Australia that don't want to come back. So we've got players that don't want to come back to New Zealand. So mm. we're in a real precarious position here. Mm. If we do start going upsetting clubs, um, and you do start playing like I, what I think is a pretty mature game of, of, of you know bad blood between each other because of previous um, decision making mate that could that could really ruin or hurt the club in the future so um, yeah mate it's a it's a big one development you're right we need players from Australia uh, I don't like what they did to Reese basically because I've been a player and he shouldn't be told that he can't earn twice as much from another club mm. okay let's go to tackle four Uh, hi, Kemp. This is from Jeff. Hi, Kemp. I would love to see the Warriors have a couple of designated players whose job it is to rip the ball one on one. It's a massive play that can change a game. Read the Raiders. Your take on it, Jeff? Yeah, Jeff. I think. Look, I think the Raiders have done really well with it. You see, Hodgson when he first came and started doing it last year, they got some big plays on it, and it's really uh, changes the momentum of the game. So it's a it's a fine line between the the coaches, the referees, and I guess the players, and who's the best at doing it. Cameron Munster done it a couple of times too, if you remember. He's, he's and the, that, First origin, yeah, you know, it basically got them the game. So, yeah. I think uh, the one-on-one strips are very good tactical ploy, but done at the right time of and in the right part of the football field. Mm. Do you think you can like get specialists? Can you sort of train specialist one-on-one strippers, or do you just have to sort of 
you know, try and target it more as a, as a game plan or as a strategy as a coach? No, no, I, I think you can train it, you know, because you do have players, you look at their way, they have, have their hands on the football, they have a weak grip. Mm. So the way that players carry the football, you work out that they've got a weak grip because you're always teaching players when they tackle where to hit players because of their grip and the ball can pop out. So, yeah, you can coach it. The, the problem is coaching it and game time reality mm. are two different things. Yeah, especially at that pace. Okay, let's get to the final tackle. Last tackle, this is the last. And this one comes from Tim, and I've left you a bit of time here at Kempe. Um, it says, Kempe, uh, what are your thoughts on the Brandon Smith uh, suspension and what he did on the field? Um, three weeks seems a little bit light. That's from Tim. Oh, look, I totally agree. I, I can measure this. I got sent, for, sent off uh, for doing the same thing. I got four weeks, and that was you know, 25 years ago. So um, the worst thing you can call a referee is a cheat. It's. I mean, like it's. You can swear and call them all sorts of names, but when you call them a cheat, mm. I think getting only three weeks is really light. I think taking the early plea helped them, um, but I think there's a bigger issue going on here. I think if you look at what happened in the off season, uh, what's happened during the year, the amount of times he's had some really. Um, big indiscretions off the field post-match uh, and then this one here where he's got sent off by calling the referee a cheat. For me, as a as a former coach, he's not listening to his coach. So to think that Ballyache hasn't said to him, calm down and stop you know, letting your profile uh, determine some outcomes for us on and off the football field is a real issue. Mm. Mate, I'll make a call. I reckon if he gets done again, he won't play. I reckon, I reckon Ballyate going to the finals cannot risk a, a firecracker and not know what he's going to get during the game. So, he's not going to risk the rest of the team because of a Brandon Smith, no matter who. Well, he's not going to risk the rest of the team because of a individual, no mm. matter who it is. Yeah, and obviously Brandon's going to the Roosters next year, so it's not like you know this is a long-term player for you. He's gone at the end of the year. So, you know, you're right. Why would you risk it in the finals? Um, there you go. That's our six again uh, slot, which we do every Wednesday at about 3.30. Your question's on double eight double three. We're going to run through round 18 because we do have a full round of NRL coming up this weekend. There is no Thursday night game, but it kicks off on Friday. So we will get stuck into round 18, a preview of that after this. Have your say on the great game of Rugby League. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Okay, round 18, but let's start with State of Origin this evening. The Maroons and the Blues from Suncorp. 10 past 10 kickoff this evening. The Maroons are heavy underdogs uh, at the TAB. I think this is the Australian markets, but 325 plays 135. Now, the Maroons are without Cameron Munster and uh, Murray Tualangi, who are are big misses for them, both out with COVID. Uh, So Tom Dearden, named to start at 5'8". Corey Oates is on the wing. Ben Hunt is going to remain at hooker with Harry Grant on the bench. And for the Blues, uh, Jordan McLean sidelined with a hamstring injury. So Knights, Knights prop Jacob Saifidi moves into the starting side for his debut. And uh, Drake Trevojevic is going to be in the front row. All those uh, Panthers guys are, are going to be playing again with Crichton and Burton in the centres. Kempe, just give us a quick take on how you see tonight playing out. Yeah, look, I, I can't go past Queensland at home, no matter who they put out there. You know, I know this is a really, really good New South Wales team, and a dollar thirty-five tells you that they're hot favourites. You know, when when Queensland are at three bucks, and the bookies have done all their homework. But like Billy Moore said, and I've seen it, they just they come out of nowhere. And if they do a number on the middle, like he said, they do a number on Trebojevic, they get to Curacao, um, and they get to Cleary, and Cleary's kicking game isn't isn't as good. Mate, they're a chance. So uh, 
I still I still think there's a home advantage here, and mm. I'm going I'm going Queensland in a close in a close one. Yeah, and I heard you on the breakfast show this morning saying you know don't be fooled by that game two scoreline because it did just get away a little bit on Queensland. Oh, look, but I've that won't that, happen again. Nah, I watched that game. There's a couple of you know errors that were that were made. They were right in that game, and mm. you know. Billy, uh, Billy Moore's right. They just got to play out for the for the whole eighty minutes. Like you can't make back to back companion er- er- errors in Origin, and that's what happened. And mm. and all of a sudden the game was out of their grip, and they just they relaxed. Billy Billy Slater would have addressed that. Okay, I'm going New South Wales, so we will keep those receipts for next Wednesday, Kempi. Uh, the Friday night games, this first game of round uh, eighteen in the NRL, are uh, the Cowboys and the Sharks, which is probably the game of the round. Second plays fourth. Uh, it's in Townsville. Um, the Cowboys have named actually quite a um, disrupted side this week because they've named Tom Dead and Tom Gilbert to back up after Origin. Valentine Holmes and Jeremiah Nanai will not back up. They'll be rested. Tuolang is obviously out with COVID. Jordan McLean is out with that hamstring. Um, but then you have um, Hamaso, Tabai Fido, Reese Robson and Chan Townsend um, will all be starting despite being part of that wider Origin squad. Um, the Sharks relatively unchanged. So I honestly can't pick it, Kempi. I'm sitting on the fence. Well, no, I'm taking the home advantage of Townsville. I think, you know, having Reese Robinson, Chad Townsend and and uh, Tobai Fido in the origin set up for the week is gonna actually lift uh, their, them to come out and play really well at home. Mm. So they still got they still got some pretty decent players there, even though they got a couple out. And I think that home advantage, them sitting second, you know, they're gonna do everything to try and win this game up against the Sharks who are you know, I thought they were Awesome last week. Yeah, and no Nico Hines against the Storm. We we all picking the Storm yeah. last Wednesday. No Nico, Nico Hines. Hines, you know. So yeah, I know you, I know you're saying it's a close one, but I'm taking home advantage. I'm going Cowboys. Okay, I'm going to go Sharks on this one. I think just to be a bit different. Now that you've gone Cowboys, so we're uh, we're on opposite. You've worked it out. Just go against me. I can't pick my nose, mate. <laughs> mate, no one can pick the NRL. I said if I could do it, I'd be a millionaire. Um, the Eels and the Warriors is the late night Friday game uh, at Combank Stadium in Sydney. I mean, the Warriors are basically back to... Well, no, that's not true. They're not back to full strength. Reese Walsh comes back into the side after his COVID-19. So Chanel Harris-DeVita's going into 5-8. Voltman's got some sort of virus, not COVID. Um, and then Dallin Martinez-Lesniak is out with COVID. And Stacey as well. He's out with COVID um, this week too. So um, Eels v Warriors Friday night, um, Kimpy. I'll try and put the, the, the jeebers on the Eels and go for the Eels so the Warriors get the win. <laughs> but I tell, I, for me, the biggest um, piece missing in this jigsaw puzzle this weekend is Stacey Jones. Mm. So Justin Morgan taking over the team while Stacey's out doesn't work for me. Nah. He's ain't, he ain't going to get him up. They're going to go back into a relaxed mode. Um, Stacey's not there keeping his eye over it. And, and for me, the Eels, you know, they could put 50 past them if they get this right. Only Junior Paulo, uh, the only one involved with Origin as well for the Eels. So they, uh, well, in that starting side. So um, they'll be very well rested come Friday night. Um, Saturday at 5pm at Central Coast in Gosford. I don't know why they're playing down in Gosford, uh, but the Roosters v the Dragons. 10th plays 9th. Um, I'm still every week surprised at why the Roosters or where the Roosters are at on that table sitting in 10th position. But what do you reckon, um, Roosters-Dragons, on Saturday? Well, look, I think Luke Carey missing and not getting that spine right has always been their problem. Um, be interesting to see if Matt Lodge plays. Played played one game back in, in yep. second grade, so uh, he might, he'll probably get included on the bench. The Dragons, they're, they're another surprise package. They'll probably come out and, and put in another effort after losing last week. Um, yeah, t- that's a tough one. I, I'll say... You know, Central Coast, I'll go Roosters. Yeah, I think as well, Ben Hunt's going to play more minutes without Munster and uh, Munster in that Queensland side. So he, you know, might not He'll be. He'll play the whole game. Tonight? Yeah, so he may not be at sort of his best come Saturday. It's only a three day I reckon turnaround. he'll start at hooker. 
I reckon they'll start him at hooker. He'll go to, go to lock and play the rest of the game. They need him out there for attacking. The uh, the mid game or the uh, second game on Saturday at seven thirty is the Seagulls and the Knights at Four Pines in Sydney. Seagulls in eighth, Knights in twelfth. The Seagulls starting to get a bit of uh, mojo back in them. Daly Cherry Evans and Jake Travoich are set to back up after Wednesday uh, Wednesday's decider. Um, Caelan Ponga though will be back for the Knights along with um, Jacob Saivedi and Dane Gagai. Bradman Best can't catch an injury break. Um, but what do you reckon? Seagulls, Knights, uh, on Saturday, two teams that are welcoming back quite a few star players. So you know this is the local derby, eh? Mm. Knights, um, Seagulls, right back since 1988 when we first kicked off the competition. And Knights beat them, what was it, about we, seven we it, eight it was, rounds ago? It was, a troll, it was a troll game back then, the first we beat them, and it's ever since then, the Paul Harrigan, um, the, the Spud Carroll fights and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be another one of those, I think. I think Desi's boys uh, are... Probably got the wood on them at the moment. I'm mm. going Seagulls. It was that wet game, yeah, I think in round seven or eight where um, where the Knights did it on the Seagulls. Um, the late night Saturday game is the Titans and the Broncos. Titans 15th, Broncos 5th from Seabus and the Gold Coast. What do you reckon? Broncos, oh, Broncos get it done? by 400. You reckon? Well, they do have a few backing up after Origin, but then um, they've got a couple t- that are going to no, be rested. I don't know what's going on at the Titans. They, they're a far better side than that. And, you know, maybe maybe you go against all my picks this week. You might you might actually win some money. <laughs> nah. But I'm, I'm definitely going to go Broncos. Oh, I'm going Broncos as well. Um, let's rip through these last three quickly. Uh, Sunday, 4pm, is uh, Tigers in 16th v Panthers in first. That is not, uh, you know, when you see first and 16th, not a game that you uh, is going to be particularly pleasant for that 16th place team. Um no, Panthers I'm going won. Tigers. Are you? Yeah. Well, they did beat them last year during the Origin yeah, period. No, no, and the Panthers have rest basically the whole team. That's right. Yeah. So he's, he's got a whole new um, team. None of, none of the boys are meant to be backing up from Origin. I reckon the Tigers get them. That's a big call, Kempi. That's a big call. Take the $50 that's oh, on okay, offer. Okay, there you go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I can't go past Panthers on that one. Um, Storm Raiders on Sunday as well. Storm and third Raiders in 11th. Um, the Storm don't want to get three losses in a row. I can't remember the last time that happened for Craig Bellamy. Um, the good news for them is Cam Munster, because he's not playing Origin, but he will be ready for Sunday. So that's a massive. But I, I could see this being a bit of a, a bloodbath for, for the Raiders. A hurting Storm side, welcoming back him and Kafusi as well. Could be um, could be ugly. It's normally a good game, Storm Raiders. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I'm picking. I reckon I'm picking like you. Cam Munster comes in and runs a clinic. Oh, I reckon it. And could he, be. he gets him home. Oh, mate, I, could, I think it could be twenty plus. I think it could be twenty plus. And then uh, the last game is the Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs in seventh. Bulldogs in fourteenth. We've talked about it all all um, today and, and the last few weeks. The Rabbitohs with Latrell Mitchell. Get on the um, Rabbitohs. They're on a roll. They are on a roll, so that's a pretty easy one to pick as well. So there you go. That is the round 18 run-through. We're going to take another short break when we come back. Inside the 10, uh, Kimby's going to look at how much coaching goes on at the representative level. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Inside the 10, just to finish the show, and Kempi takes a deep dive into an area of rugby league. And I wanted to ask Kempi today, how much coaching actually goes into representative sites, state of origin, internationals, because these guys get coached every week at their club, and then they come into this environment for, say, 10 days. How much do they actually get coached by a coach, and how much is just man-managing, Kempi? Well, it's a, a lot of it is man-managing, and it's about the people and that you that? put what, around And what is it? man-managing? It's you know, making like, sure you're getting the best out of your player on the on the night. So, so preparing them to make sure they go out there 
and do and deliver exactly what you want them to de- deliver on the night. And a lot of the coaching, like you said, you've got to remember that these players out of Queensland and New South Wales are coming out of the best teams in the competition. Yeah. Bellamy, Bellamy, Cleary, you know what I mean? Um, just to name just a couple of the, the big coaches that have a majority of their players on the side through Penrith and Melbourne. So when you're looking at it like that, it's really about your, your, manage, your management. You know, you've, you've got generally you've got a defensive coach, an offensive coach, you've got a kicking coach, you've got all these scientists around you running and, and keeping the, the miles down and, and, and monitoring their fitness and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they all can play. So you're you're in a group one race. That's how I, how the an analogy is. You're in a group one race, and there's a percentage, but that separates them both. What the coach coach does is it manages the player to get that extra percentage out against each other. Mm. For instance, tonight it's all about the spying in the middle for New South Wales. You stop Jake Trebojevic and Isaiah Yell, and then you nullify Curacao and Cleary going forward. And the kicking game, they don't get a roll on. Final prediction for tonight, Kimby. Score I, said, line. I said I'm going Queensland on a tight one. What's a tight one? Oh, two points. Okay, there you go. I'm going to go New South Wales, and I'm just going to flip the script and go big. I'm going to go 10 plus New oh, South Wales. We've had a decent <laughs> beat today. We'll, we'll find out next Wednesday how we've all gone. Uh, State of Origin tonight live at 10 o'clock here on ECN. You can listen in. That's us for another week. We'll be back next Wednesday. Warriors Eels on Friday night. Live commentary as well. The run home up next. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.